Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Legit Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Real One. I'm KNK. And we are back. It's Super Bowl weekend. We're back. Today, we're joined by a special guest, uh, former Green Bay Packer, New York Jet running back, uh, Alex Green. Alex, appreciate you for joining us. Yeah, man. Appreciate y'all for having me. Appreciate y'all for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, it's, uh, Alex is our first major guest. You know, happy to have you here. Um, uh, Alex, uh, you attended the University of Hawaii, correct? Yes, sir. And you're drafted by the Green Bay Packers. You spent two years with the Packers. Uh, you spent one year with the uh, New York Jets. Um, I mean, Alex, you know, I can go on forever and list all your accolades, but you know, tell us about yourself. You know, tell us how how your football career got started and 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 where it's going today. You know? All right, got you, man. So first, let me just say this though: it being Super Bowl week, that the Green Bay Packers should be in the Super Bowl. Talk <laughs> that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> how, how do how do you feel about you know the Packers and the Forty ers game? You know, yeah, that game was. Yeah, I don't want to say you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They should have won. They should have won. Special team broke at the end, and they just they just tanked it, bro. I can't even. I, I, I'm still getting over that loss, man. Hey, <laughs> let alone man. Me myself, uh, I'm a Colts fan, right? Kev here is a, a Green Bay fan, so it's the first time I've ever picked Green Bay to win it all, and they let me down. Man. I ain't gonna lie. They let me down. I can't do it no more. But with that being said, shout out to A-Rod for getting MVP. Shout out to Butler for getting uh, inducted to the Hall of Fame. So, yeah. Out of it. So, it's, you know, it ain't, it ain't, it, it ain't too bad. Mm. <laughs> now, now, with Super Bowl weekend, you got a, you got a favorite for this upcoming Super Bowl? Going for, uh, you know, it's hard, man, because L.A., they at home. They got Snoop and Kendrick coming out. Have some, so it just it, it just laid out for them to win. It's yeah, a Cinderella, yeah. so. But the devil advocated me, man. Want to play uh Cincinnati Bengals? I want to see Bro get one early in his career. You know they don't came the, the the long way. I'm all about the long way, taking the steps up to the top, and that's what they on. So I'm going for the underdog in this one, man. I got the Bengals. Hmm. I'm about to go against them young cats too, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna have to pick against you here and go with the home team, man. <laughs> that defense is something vicious, so. No. No, for sure, it should be a good game, though. I'm for a good game. I want to see no blowout. Yeah. You know? yeah. Hopefully it's a good game, man. But, uh, well, yes, yeah, so let me get into the story. Uh, I'm Alex Green, man. You know, came a long way. Like I said, I like taking the stairs up to the top because that's just been my life. And like many others, others who who had to grind, my journey really started. Uh, it started as a kid, just not being the biggest, fastest, strongest. I was the youngest of six brothers. Um, six, I used to run track. Six brothers. Six brothers, man. All <laughs> boys. All boys. Oh man, all you boys. had to you had to grow up tough then. Well, God. Yeah. Boy cousins and all that. We we was really around females, you know. Just my mom who held who held the fort down for real. She she kind of took over for everybody that 
all the females that I missed, the aunties and all that, she held it down for everybody. Um, but you know, growing up six brothers, man, being the youngest up until seven years old, uh, you know, it was it was it was hard to find my lane, uh, and, and try to figure out uh what best fit my personality, you know, and, and, and what I wanted to do. I was the one I was always in summer school. You know, other brothers had A's and B's, you know, I was the one that was my birthday in the summer, so on my birthday I'm here in summer school and you know, it was always been kind of a struggle. I was up uh, uphill battle. As I got older, um around high school, I started feeling into my body, but I still wasn't really developed yet until my junior year. So freshman and sophomore year, man, I was like 5'8", 160. You know, again, not the fastest kid or, or damn sure not the strongest. And so I had to just kind of overcome them adversities on the physical aspect. And mentally, I was still struggling with school. Yeah. You know, I went classes, you know, barely graduated high school. I graduated high school at 1.2. Like barely walked across stage, you know, and stayed in school, all, this, all the seniors went home. For the spring, you know, able to chill until graduation. I was still there with the freshmen and sophomores, you know, like it was just one of them kind of deals that I was always kind of behind the eight ball for real. So I get my first, uh, I hit my first road bump outside of home uh, was when I went to junior college in California. I went to Butte Junior College in 2007. And, uh, you know, that's when I first really started to understand life and how it worked. And, taking care of things you own. I started feeling my appreciation for moms because now she ain't cooking, she ain't cleaning, she ain't holding it down. Now I got to hold it down. I'm still a kid, you know, I'm 19, yeah. 19. And you with these guys from all over the country who on the same grind as you. And it's a real grind, bro. Anybody want to go to JUCO, man, that JUCO life is for real. <laughs> for real, you got you paying out-of-state tuition for your school. And you really gotta like you don't you don't have no real like you gotta try to make it, bro. Like you gotta try to find your lane because you don't have no real guidance for real like that. Nobody, no like real counselors that's gonna tell you, okay, take these classes, do this, do that. So you gotta bring your own and really figure it out as a kid, you know. And and you gotta take the fun out of it because now you're in your own different state, different city. Yeah, I think it's fun. I wanna have fun, but you know you gotta really lock down because it go quick. You only got two years to make something happen. You don't got the whole four. So um I hit that role. Um so my freshman year was was was, was all right. You know, we shared a uh a two bedroom with like six dudes, you know, sleeping on the floor, you know, we rotate from bedrooms. Um, you know, got through that, went back home for the summer. My sophomore season in 08, uh, it was a little better on the field wise. I was I started to ball out more, my body started developing, started working out, taking it more serious, try to eat at least three times a day instead of one and two. And uh, it just became uh, it just became one of those things, man, where I was just locked in. I just knew I wanted to go to a D1. And so I did whatever I had to do. So there were times where I was sleeping in the car, you know, with a pistol on my stomach, man, and scared as hell and trying to figure it out, you know, like trying to find my next meal for real try and trying to go to school and trying to play football and get a scholarship, you know. So I remember eating like McDonald's, like getting a, just getting a quick cheeseburger like twice a day, bro. And that'd be your only meals all day. You know, then you gotta, you gotta, I was taking 26 units. I had like, I think I had like 16 that was in class. I was busy from eight to three until practice. Then I had a night class that was in person. Then I had like three online classes, bro. So I was grinding literally, bro, 24 seven, bro. Like I've been living on the floor with my suitcase as a pillow, bro, and just doing homework, bro, on my laptop. Like it was, when I think about it now, I'm like, damn, I really did that. Like, yeah. Man, I, 
in my car again. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's what type of mindset I was in at that time and with those goals. And so that's when it first really hit. I ended up uh, getting a scholarship to go to Hawaii. We won a national championship in JUCO. I ended up getting a scholarship to go to Hawaii because my one of my close friends, Demetrius Davis, he uh we we uh, grew up together in Portland. And uh he basically so he went there first. And so he basically told the coach, like, hey man, I got this running back, man. He ain't gonna raise though, but just but he, man, he he like he could play. Bring him out. Put me in for a visit. I went out there, man, and loved it, fell in love with the island and uh you know, they ended up, they ended up giving me a scholarship, offering me a scholarship. And so I took it, but he said, man, he had no braids, so you got to go back home and send it to three classes. So here I am again, the last one to leave. Everybody, most everybody I played with in that fall was gone for their mid-year. Yeah. So they, they just went back home. And I'm, here I am back here with the new incoming freshman, incoming freshman taking classes with them, trying to pass to go to the university. Get through that, man, I barely got through that. Like literally the last day before going to Hawaii, the teacher posted my grade. And I barely, I literally barely made it out to Hawaii. Like it was like, it was, it was that close, bro. Like, so she finally posted grade. I hopped on a flight to Hawaii. And just like that, I'm in camp, you know, uh, dream come true. And when I'm there, it was uh, it was the best feeling, you know. I'm playing against top with the Washington States, the Idaho's, you know, the Boise States. Like we playing against some real teams, you know. Coming from a small town, I'm like man, this is dope, you know. Yeah. I, the internet, look on the stats and see my name with a couple carries behind it. Like it was cool. Mm. You know? Like just that alone was just cool for me. Like I was yeah. cool. And, 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 and during those years, the yeah. uh, the Boise States were those were hot teams during during those years. Yeah, that's when they uh, had like Kellen Morton ranked like number 10 in the country. They were mm-hmm. top 10 yeah. back then. You know, they was balling. You know, the Doug Martins and all that, you know. Uh, and so playing against them, uh, you know, like for me, that was just dope alone. Just going to a play in the blue field, like being on national TV. Like I didn't care about going to the league. I'm just cool with just being, I'm in Hawaii with a uniform on, my name. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I get to travel. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm, I'm living life. Like you know, it was cool. That's after that first year having that gratitude. Then I knew, okay, hold on, I might got a shot at actually starting next year and actually being like a name. So I worked yeah. my ass off, bro, that whole all season. My best friend, I got killed February 28. You know, his day coming up pretty soon too. But he, I got killed February 28, 2010, right before spring ball. Mm-hmm. He was. That was like, like one of my homies. That's like, he, he's like, bro, you can go to the league, bro. Like, can't nobody know who you is, bro. Can't nobody stop you. He was saying that yeah. to me back in school. You know what I'm saying? He was one of them dudes, like a hype man in the crew. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Need, you need that person with you. You know, you need that, bro. So he was that dude. Like, we go, we were going to like a bar, bro, and go kick it. But hey, this is Alice Green right here. You know, I wasn't nobody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I go somewhere, bro, I couldn't imagine how he would be me going to the league, bro. But anyway, so. He was the main dude that really believed in me. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, really tell me, bro, you really could do it, bro. Like, I swear to God, you could do it. One of them dudes. So, he ended up passing away on the 28th of February. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just lit a fire under me, bro. Like, yeah. to, I just locked in. It was right before spring ball into my senior season. And it was like, this is it, bro. I'm about to go to the fucking league. I don't even care no more. Like, I'm finna yeah. go. I'm finna work. I'm finna put everything I got. And if I don't make it, I'm gonna give everything I got for mail for my homeboy. So I go into that spring, bro. I did, I did great, bro. I killed it. Um, we going to the summer. You know, camp going great. First game is against USC, so we turned up. You know what I'm saying? Like we ready. Like 
all right, let's get it. Like, USC was hot back then, so they just had got Lane Kiffin. They had some dogs on that team, you know. But it was like just playing against a top team like that, national TV, the first game of the season is going to give us a benchmark of where we at and where I'm at personally. So I go out there, bro. I end up bowling that guy. A touchdown, a few carries, bust a couple of big rounds, bro. I did great. So the season go on, you know, I'm just I'm just enjoying that moment, just being like the starting running back, you know, scoring touchdowns, you know, just I'm just driving in that. I'm still not thinking about the NFL for real. So you're living that island life too, you know, over there in Hawaii. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> Island, bro, and if you if you if you playing ball and you doing good, bro, everything is love. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. Like the women beautiful, you know what I'm saying? The island beautiful, like you know, the teachers, they got your back, you know, it's all good. Everything is all good. And so I was just I was thriving in that. I was just that for me, I was cool. Like I could I was cool with that. And so as the season going on, I started I started having more games, started stacking them games up, stacking them up. Um, had four touchdowns in one game, you know, 200 yards. Like, I, I hit that record. You know, then I had one big game where I broke the record, the single-game rushing record in Hawaii. Uh, it was 290, and I ran for 327 on 19 carries. And three touchdowns against New Mexico State. That was a week after my oldest son was born. So I had a daughter in Juco. Take it back yeah. a little bit. I had my daughter in Juco, so I'm going to all this stuff. I had a baby at home. I'm 19 with a three-month-year-old baby at home. Yeah, you yeah. know, really locked in. Like, okay, I'm going to call her, bro. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm doing it for her. I used to score touchdowns, bro, and kiss and point up to her, you know. And so that put the fire on me. And then when I'm when, while I'm in Hawaii, my son was born October 3rd. I broke the record two weeks later, you know, because I'm like, okay, now I got two kids. Here I am at 22. You know, 21 with two kids, like, bro, I got to get it. Ain't no other yeah. option. Nah, I got to go get it. I have to. Ain't no other option. So I'm balling. I break the record. Um, now the buzz is coming. Now he might go, you know, free agent. He might get a shot at training camp. You know, he, you know, he might get a workout here and there. And I'm still kind of like, uh, I'm just loving that I broke the record. I'm just cool with that. I'm still just cool with just the little things at this point. I'm still having a lot of gratitude, bro. Just been there from where I came from. I came where I came from real close to me. I still do to this day. But um, so season going on, you know, I stack up some more uh some more great games, bro. And then uh, I ended up uh we played a bowl game, had a touchdown there and a few big runs. And the season ends, and as soon as I, I mean, I mean literally as soon as I touch down back at home, I get phone calls from all these agents. And life like that was like, okay, this is a whole nother level. Like now yeah. you I'm saying like, ain't no more going back to school. I was trying to go back to school still. You know, I was about to finish school and graduate. I didn't even finish school. So it was just, just like that. So I ended up, uh, agents came to the house, met my mom's like, you know, I'm like, damn, this is for real. This is real life. Like, like agents come trip on their own. Talk to me and want me to sign with, I got to hire you. Like, yeah. like, you know, and so buzz is picking up and I'm like, yeah man you really got a shot i'm gonna text my coach when they're like me i got shot at the nfl thing he's like man absolutely like all right so i ended up flying to la to go meet my agent michael hoffman at that time he uh, represented Shaq. and uh you know i like what he brought to the table you know and all that and again bro you 21 years old 22 years old bro making a decision of somebody that you don't know to trust him with your life you know yeah. with, your, with the decision to get drafted high or low and it was it was like a matter of like bro, I met her for two days. I stayed in LA for two days. 
and you got to use the best judgment. You know, you got no people gonna come after you to go try to give you first class flights, try to butter you up. You know, yeah. you can't. You that. You gotta get the ones who gonna be humble, who got experience. So he had 15 years of experience. That's what had me. He had a lot of experience on his belt. And he represented like Shaq and a couple other big names that played. And uh, so I signed with him, bro. And I'm telling you, like, as quick as it left, as quick as it came, bro. Like, quick as I left, quick as it came. So this was in January when I signed my agent. After that, I got a phone call. I'm going to the East West Shrine game in Orlando. After that, oh, you got invited to the uh, to the NFL combine. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to the combine. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's only up from here. Yeah, it's up, it's up, it's up, and it's stuck at this point. So I go, man, I go to the combine, bro. I'm meeting Cam Newton, Mark Andrews, Michaela Shore, you know, Von Miller. Like I'm meeting some dudes. So I'm watching on TV, like, bro, these dudes. Great, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Chop it up with him, bro. We taking Uber rides to places, kicking it. Like, it was love, bro. And so, but once I got there, then I knew, okay, they just like me. You know what I'm saying? Like, the same type of people, bro. Like, it's all good. Like, yeah. talk the same language. You know, we walk the same. Like, you know, come from similar stories. And, you know, and, and we all, we, we, we was all there starstruck. We all heard about each other. You know, we all there was, you know, I'm talking to Cam, like, Cam, where the hoes at, man? He's like, man, you got them. You know, like, just, just chop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was cool, bro. Like, so that's when I knew, okay, like, not only, like, am I here for real, but I can, I actually got to, I'm actually in it. And I got a chance to really, like, like, they ain't no different than me. You know what I'm saying? So. I ended up running a good 40, but a good combine and stuff, man. And uh, I come back, bro. I'm at home chilling, and the draft comes on, and and I get a I, I get a call. I'm at home with my boys. I'm supposed to go third third day, um, and I went second day. So I'm not even expecting to get no type of phone calls or nothing. So I get a phone call, Green Bay Packers. No phone, my homeboy like, nah, ain't no way. I answered it like, oh, this is Alex Grant. Yeah, this is him. Hey, this is Ted Thompson from Green Bay Packers. How your day going? I said, my day going good. He said, man, it's going to get better for you. We're going to pick you third, third round 96 pick. I'm tripping. So he, he let me know what's up, man. Talked to all the coaches, got the phone, bro. You know, we sparked one up, bro, and just had a good time, bro, and just kicked it. You know what I'm saying? I just enjoyed that moment, bro. I cried. You know what I'm saying? All, so all that hard work started paying off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So go to Green Bay. It was a lockout year. So I go to Green Bay, bro, and that's when. The big time adversity. Now I get hurt. Uh, me and Randall Cobb was back deep. Week seven in Minnesota. Yeah. Pick off return and uh, he catches the ball. I go to his side. He catches the ball. And he get tackled into my right into the back of me and I tore my ACL. So here I am, week seven rookie year, bro. I'm out for the season with a tore ACL. Um, and you know that's when I started like drinking more, smoking more. You know, it started, it went, it went from more to daily, you know, cause I'm only, now I'm hurt. I'm still getting paid. You know, I got all this free time now. And I'm out for the, I have no responsibilities no more. Now I'm just chilling. I ain't got to work, I got bread, you know, it's all good. And I'm still, I'm away from home. So I ain't got to see the babies like that. So I ain't got to go nowhere, you know, and I'm only going to the stadium, to the facility, you know, three hours a day, just to get in the cold tub, hot tub, get stretched out, bend my knee a little bit, get more right. Pissing my ice on it, you know, talk talk some shit with the trainers, and then I'm gone, I'm back home. So that was my day for, you know, the rest of that whole season. So for like six months, bro, I'm just really doing nothing. So 
that's where the drinking and stuff started picking up more, but it was still manageable. It didn't really become a problem yet. It was just regular, you know, it, was just, it is. It just was what it was. I could still stop if I had to. You know, if we had tests coming up, I could stop smoking, et cetera. So season get done. You know, I end up healing pretty fast. I come back and I end up starting in 2012, my sophomore season. Do, do all right. You know, I wasn't the same player. You know, did, did okay. I came back too fast. I did average. Uh, you know, I had some good runs. I had some, some flashes of potential and all that, which was cool. But I wasn't that same player like I was. I wasn't that same explosive player. So then they released me. Um, they ended up releasing me and uh, sending me to the Jets. You know, and at this point, bro, I'm like, I'm kind of like just, I'm just drained from the lifestyle of football, bro. Like, yeah, it was cool, like to be, to travel, to be starting, you know, got all this buzz and it's all good. But, bro, it was, it started getting more stressful than it was fun. And so, I go to the Jets, you know, so okay, I got a, I got a clean slate, new city, new team, you know, fresh start. My knee should be a little bit healed by now, but it, but it wasn't. So I sat behind Chris Ivory Bilipal, um, you know, I go from the Green Bay Packers. You know, we had went 15 and one my, my rookie year, and we went like some lost to the Giants when they won the Super Bowl in 2012. But we had a good, great team, obviously. You know, they always been decent. You know, Aaron Rodgers, that you know, future Hall of Fame. We had some dudes, Charles Weston, Clay Matthews, AJ Hawks. You know, we had some dudes, BJ Rodgers, James Starks. We had some dudes, bro. And and I go to the Jets, bro. It's the total opposite. Like, we losing, the locker room fighting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One off, you know, you don't care about the media and telling us to say whatever. We in meetings like this on our phone. Like, bro, it's just like a. <laughs> it, but, the, <laughs> but the record showed it. You know, like, I'm going to say it's a joke, but it was like a joke compared to Green Bay. It was a yeah, joke. Right. In a world. I don't know, but compared to Green Bay, but it wasn't for real to me. You know, practices was relaxed. You know, you got quarterbacks throwing six picks and practice blowing Rex is just like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your quarterback at the time? Uh, Geno Smith. Uh, man. That makes uh, sense. <laughs> <laughs> man, so I love Geno cool, bro, but like, man, he can't get better if we letting this slide. Like, right. Yeah. Oh, in the game. You would throw six picks in the game. Like, <laughs> Let it slide in practice. So of course you don't do this. You know, like you, you throw, you fumble, you throw a pick, you you drop an interception in Green Bay, bro. You gonna get chewed out. You might get benched. Like yeah. you expect perfection. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like at at, <laughs> at least at minimum. So you know, going there, man, it was just too relaxed, man. Like it, it just, I just didn't like it. Um, but I, again, you're still getting paid. You're still living your dream. You know, you're still in the NFL, so it's all good. I got a new dress uniform on now and, you know, big stadium. And, you know, I'm still I'm in a big city now. I can do more, so it's all good like that. But I feel out of love with it, but I started getting more stressed out because now the, 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 the game that I love is not fun anymore. And my outside life is becoming unmanageable. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't deal with the the <clears throat> the extra cousins coming in. Oh, I need this and this. People, when people call, call your phone, bro. Random numbers call your phone, and you gotta answer because it could be a business opportunity. Calling your phone, bro, and you know, crying, bro. Like real life crying. Like, oh man, you know, my my, my power just went out. You know, I just need an extra five hundred, or if I just had a thousand, it's like, man, I just talked to your mom, and you know, and and, and it's like, man, like, all right, I got you, huh? You know, just. Yeah. just Cut them up in a way. I don't I ain't even talk to you. Where was you at when I was starving and sleeping in my car? You know what right. you're right. But then ain't nobody called to say I got some food for you or nothing. Right. You know. Do, you, sudden, do you feel like do you feel like cause it was the Jets that played a big part of it? 
you feel like if you want to went to a more professional established uh program or association that that would help no that's a good question though but nah because i took me wherever i went it didn't matter you know what i'm saying i wasn't okay inside and i didn't have the right skill set to to be able to balance a professional you know be a professional athlete and deal with my outside life mm. you know i really say no and push everybody away and you know i want to make everybody happy and i felt obligated like well dang you know i'm in a position i got it god bless me so it's only right if i help you yeah i got 500 it's all over the internet with money i'm making so i can't say i ain't right you know you know what i'm saying so <clears throat> i had to you know i had to kind of like I had to kind of learn a new way of maneuvering, but instead of learning that new way, bro, I just went to drinking to avoid it all. And so that's when it started picking up. So I'm in training. So the season go by, season was cool. You know, I got a few carries here and there. You know, again, you're still making money. So, you know, you're not really too down because everything is still good. You're just not playing as much. So you know your time coming to get cut. I come in 2013, that's when Rex Violence last leg. So he bringing like Mike Vick, he bringing Airy, you bring in Chris Johnson, CJ 2K, you know, so I'm like, man, I know I'm out of there after this camp. I ain't playing by on CJ, you know. I'm yeah. going to Black Power already there. And I wasn't going to be on practice squad because I already had my two years in. And so, uh, um, so I go through that, but that whole, that whole camp, I'm completely checked out. Completely, bro. I, like to the point where I dreaded going to practice. I didn't even want to go to practice, but I didn't want to. I wasn't even. I didn't want to play in the game. I remember going out for a route in, in the game, going out for a route in the game, appreciate the game, dropping the pass and just walking right back to the huddle. I didn't even looking to see where the ball went or like, damn, being mad about it, but I just didn't care. You know what I'm saying? I, I literally just didn't care and I couldn't figure out why I didn't care until later on in life but bro i was like completely checked out bro i hated going to practice i hated working out i hated seeing a facility like i hated everything about the jets bro i hated watching football like i was just completely mentally checked out but i hated people calling my phone to ask me when's the next game can i get some tickets like so i just avoided all of that bro like it just got too much and it's like i always felt like man like i always had that um like that, that resentment towards people because of what I've been through. So when people call for stuff, bro, I would be like, I would always go back to like, man, what was y'all at though? Like, yeah. what was y'all at, bro? So I couldn't really accept the fact that I'm in this position, man, just look out, it's all good. You know, let that stuff go in the past. I couldn't accept it. One, cause I wasn't where I was at inside. I wasn't happy inside. I started hating this game. Then I started getting resentful towards people that like outside people. You know, I had a, I had a homeboy, a homeboy, my best friend passed, I was telling y'all about. So we was his mutual friend. He was my friend, he was his friend. So that's how me and him became close. And we yeah. played football together, but he a little bit older. So I didn't really see him like that, like that. So me and him got close after my best friend died, but that's right around the time I started balling. You know what I'm saying? I started doing good in Hawaii. So once I made it, he's like, oh, he's like, he's like in it with us. And he, he he's, he's, he's like seeing my mom when I ain't there, you know, uh, it seemed like he a solid dude. I'm mean, like a day one almost. It would seem like, but man, he would only call if he wanted something, bro. Like if it was beneficial, you know. Like only, and I started taking heed to it. Like, bro, like when you only calling when you like literally when you want something, bro. Like literally when you want something, he would do it in the form of he'll call. I'll be like, man, how your knee doing, bro? How everything doing? It'd be a cool conversation. Then right at the end, 
hey man, can I hold ten bands for the like, bro? Come on, man, like ten I, bands, ten bands. Bro, you asking for ten bands? That's crazy, bro. Weekly, <laughs> weekly, man. That's one person, bro. Then you got, then you got the other home. You got somebody else, man, bro. If I just, man, bro, man, I got the kids, bro. If I can get five, man, just to get myself started, I can, I can pay first and last month's rent, bro. I just started a new job, and you're like, all right, here, I got it. But that's, that's, that's only one person, bro. Yeah. Some your brothers need some, right. you know. Your you cousin. got, you got six brothers, so that's you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the pastor might want a little something for the time you went to church, you know. Yeah. Asian, bro, you know, can you help me out with this foundation? My man, I got this bad car in there, bro, and I'm, I'm, I'm down, bro. Can you please just show me a quick band? Like, it's every day, but I couldn't, I couldn't separate it. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't, like, let that part go until I got older, you know, and I realized, man, nah, I ain't, nah, I ain't doing this no more. You know, then you start seeing who really there for you, for real. But, um, so go through the season, bro. I'm completely checked out. Um, and so they ended up releasing me. Long story short, they ended up releasing me from the Jets, bro. Now I'm drinking. Cause now I'm done, done. I'm done with the game. Like, I, you know, the team on call. I'm done. I had a terrible preseason. I don't want to play no more any damn way. So I'm drinking. I'm smoking. I'm at home in Jersey. Um, working my way back west where I'm from. Um, you know, crazy girlfriends and all that bro like dealing with that like you know and so i'm working my way back west i finally get to la and the new york giants call we want to work you out and i just bro, i've been going this whole week get moving out shipping my car out west you know getting everything together finally getting the plane bro and the giants call so literally when i landed in la from new york I turned my phone on, back off airplane mode, turned my phone on, but the New York Jets reached out to me and said, hey, you want to fly you out for a workout tomorrow? So I'm like, I just left New York. I ain't been working out all week. Like, I've been drinking. I'm drunk right damn now on this plane. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I go out there for the workout anyway. And I'm out there with Deion Lewis, uh, Terrell Pryor at that time. He's trying to receive it for the first time. Was out there, a couple of quarterbacks. You know, and it's like, bro, I'm there just like, I'm just there just for the free trip in the hotel. Bro. I ain't even really think they gonna sign me for real. I'm just like, man, I don't, don't work me out. Come on. I go out there. I, did, I end up doing all right, you know. And, uh, you know, they didn't sign me, obviously, so I flew back to LA. Now I'm in LA. My car get there, so now I'm in LA. And I'm working out now, I'm getting back to work So I'm going to the facility every day. Carolina Panthers flew me out for a workout. Uh, you know, I was there for two days. You know, they, they really wanted to sign me. They was high on me. Took me back home. Uh, went to Detroit. You know, it didn't work out. Took me back home. You know, and then I went. And I just stayed. Uh, I just stayed in LA, man. And I started. I worked out every day, and slowly but surely, I, I would go work out, and I would have a drink at night. You know, yeah. then I work out, and I'll have okay, maybe two drinks at night. I go work out. Now I'm drinking right after the workout. You know, mm -hmm. now work out. Drinking twice after the workout and at night, you know, getting lit. Now I'm workouts in the morning, and I'm going. And now, now I'm drinking afternoon. Now I'm waking up, bro, and going to the liquor store to get drunk. Like just yeah. outside of living in LA, you know, just chilling. And so, once that went on for like basically a year, bro, I knew, okay, I'm done. Let me take my ass back home, be with my kids, you know. And so, I go home. 
I made my, made my way back home, bro. I popped out another baby. <laughs> had another kid, my youngest. You know, so now I got three kids. I'm about 26-ish about this time. Um, yeah, about 26. And, you know, I'm trying to get back into coach, trying to do coaching, training, go back to school. I'm like, man, I don't go back to school. I got to go finish school. So I go back to Hawaii. Uh, some of my old coaches out there helped me out with an uh, extended scholarship. I go back out to Hawaii, finish school, and I decided I want to play again. Sitting, I'm both five in the morning, going to practice how I used to do in Hawaii. I'm like, dang, these dudes really love this game, but what happened to me? How, how, how did I lose that? So I got it back through them. I went back home in December. Before going back to school, I called my agent and said, man, call every team in the CFL. I should see what happened. I woke up drunk, you know, I'm smoking every day, you know, like doing drugs, bro, like just on one. I wake up and tell my agent to call every team in the CFL. Let's just see what happens. Let's just see. If not, then not. But let me say that I at least tried to. Right. Nobody hit back except for one team, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They hit me back, which is like 30 minutes from Toronto. So I'm like, okay, best. Get up some film, you know, some college highlight tapes and a couple of tapes from uh, playing the league. Sent it to him, got that all booed. Then they said, all right, cool, we're going we're gonna to fly you up for a workout. Go to the workout, I'm like 10 pounds overweight. Go to the workout, I end up doing decent. He said, all right, bring back for a uh, camp in two months. I'm like, all right, bet. <clears throat> I go home, training, working out, you know, I go up there for training camp. They end up releasing me. So I'm like, damn, now I'm really done, done, done. I don't try it at all. And I'm completely out of it now you know i'm done so i go home bro they sent me back home in like august at the end of their training camp and i'm at home you know again now i'm back on one trying to figure it out stressed out trying to figure out life figure out who i am what i want to be what i want to do can't figure it out you know stressing and struggling and i go so i'm in the car with my homies you know we blowing one down I get a phone call saying, hey, we want to bring you up. This is a Thursday. Hey, we want to bring you up on Monday and re-sign you to the Tiger Cats. I'm like, damn, this is crazy, bro. I'm overweight, you know, I'm high, you know, like I ain't <laughs> all to go play no football. So for that whole weekend, bro, I'm at the park, I'm running routes, I'm catching the footballs. I'm trying to lose 30 pounds in two days, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to get the best shape as possible, eating salads every day, drinking water. You know, so I go up there, man, and put me on practice squad for two weeks, bro, in uh in uh, Canada. And one practice, the coach said, hey, you going to start this week. And I'm like, I am? Like, yeah, you start. I didn't even know. It was like a Wednesday. The game was on Friday. I'm practicing the whole week. <laughs> like, oh, man, you some time to get back, I got hurt. So I ended up like, all right, bet. Come on. Like, so I ended up, uh, I ended up flying out to BC, which is like, six hours from my hometown, so that was dope that my family got to come up and all that. So, when I played this game, bro, I had 10 carries for 140 yards. Bro, I ended up balling out, bro, like, feeling back to me again. Doing great. I got, we flew back to Hamilton the next day, had a meeting, and they said, hey, uh, we, uh, we just traded to start running back with C.J. Gable at that time from USC. We ended up trading C.J. Gable to Edmonton, you know, Alex, you started running back now. You the, you the face of the franchise now, like, like, it's all you. Just like that. Life change again, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, here we, here we go again. But now I know from my mistakes before on how to do my recovery, you know what I'm saying? On how to how to deal with being in that spotlight without putting too much on me. How to tell the outside world, nah, I ain't doing this. I'm staying focused on my grind. Like, you need something, man, you gotta, that gotta wait. You've been getting it before, so. 
you know, you should be all right right now. If you ain't my immediate family or my day ones, you know, I can't, I ain't got it for you. And so, go to the season, bro. Have a great season. Finish the season off. I came back. They re-signed me for 2018. You know, I balled out. I broke my hand. I, I, I even called, uh, I called Johnny Manziel's first touchdown pass with a broken hand. You see my star on my but I caught his first touchdown pass with a broken hand in, uh, in Montreal in preseason. So here I am again, adversity. I'm out for six weeks, you know. But I'm not drinking, though. I ain't smoking like that. Like, nah, I've been there, done that. I know how that affect me. So now nah, I'm going to stay disciplined. I'm going to keep the grind pushing because I know I'm going to get my chance again. And when I did, bro, I came back. I had like eight games left in the season. I had like almost 900 yards and like 12 touchdowns in like eight games. Like, it was crazy, you know. Yeah. Went to the Great Cup. It was like a Super Bowl for Canada. We was like, we're, we're one game away. So, you know, it, it, it was just, it was just crazy, man. So then, once that got done, they re-signed me for 2019 to a two-year contract. Now I'm all ecstatic, like, man, this is up. Like, this is life. This is what it's supposed to be. Like, it's my success story, you know. And they called back two weeks later and said, we got to release you. But I'm like, for what? You know, what you mean release me? You just signed me to a two-year. Like, man, we got a ratio. We got a new coach coming in. He want to go Canadian at running back. Because up there, you're going to have six Americans. Uh, mm. Like that, boom, it's done. So I'm like, here we go. You know, so, but, boom, it hit. It hit hard. So I'm drinking, doing drugs, bro, smoking. I'm talking about all day, every day. I, waking up. My, I just needed one excuse, and that was to wake up. That's my mm-hmm. excuse. Good, bad, and different didn't matter. But if I wake up, I need a drink. I need to smoke. Rolling up right now. Like, you know, let's get down right now. All day long. Without doing nothing else, you know. And so that became unmanageable. Man, that became uh for about a year, the last year, but that shit became like, like it was my crutch, you know, and that's what I relied on for real for a long time and I couldn't manage my life no more. My life became unmanageable, bro. And I remember sitting, my, there's always a breaking point. They say uh, people in recovery, when they go to treatment, it's not because they need it, it's because they want to. And I got to the point where I wanted to, let alone I needed it, but I got to the point where I needed to or, or because I wanted to. And the reason why I wanted to is because I remember being in my car one day, bro, and so I had this, I had this, I had this, uh, this girlfriend at the time for four years, you know, and everything had got, we had, we had split our ways, and a lot of my stuff had got, had got, just like sold, or like put away, or like, like, like it's gone now, you know. I want to say sold, cause I don't know for sure, but like it's gone. Yeah. And uh, I'm talking about championship rings, like I said, one national championship in my junior college at Butte. We had uh. I forgot to mention we had uh we was co-champions with Nevada when they had Kaepernick when I was in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Right number 19 in the country at that time we had beat them. So we had we had conference championship, come on, fat rings, bro. Two of them. Mm-hmm. That my conference championship, I had my game one NFL jersey, I had my game one NFL football touchdown, my first touchdown in the league. All that stuff gone, bro. My shoes, my clothes, everything gone, but I'm gonna sit in my car one day. I had a big bottle of liquor, bro, and a big bag of weed, bro, and drugs with me. And I'm like, bro, I'm gonna do all this liquor right now, all these drugs right now until I can't. I'm gonna smoke until I can't. Until I pass out or I die. I ain't care which one it was. So, 
I'm doing that, man, and and I'm thinking I'm 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 thinking about all those things that you talked that I just told y'all about. I'm thinking about all of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about thinking about uh you know going through around 96 pick. Thinking about uh uh you know breaking a record in college. Thinking about getting a national championship. You know I'm thinking about all these great successes I have, bro. Like breaking a 47 yard run against any I was close to my first one. You no, know, Lambo leaping, you know, like all these great things, bro, that people has to do. And here I was, bro, at the at the bottom, drinking and smoking and doing drugs until I came, bro. I'm like, man, so I call my program, I, I text my program manager and just told her, like, hey, you know, I need some help. But I thought for the past seven years, I thought this phone number was an office phone. So I'm only saying I need help just to get myself an excuse to say, well, I asked for help. So fuck it, I'm about to get lit, you know? Without, without really asking for help for real. Just get myself an excuse, lying to myself. And so um, they called back. She seen her call me back. I'm like, hey, I got your text message. Give me a call. And I'm like, damn, that's a real phone. So I called her back like, hello. She's like, yeah, what's going on? So I started telling her what was going on with me, bro. I felt lost and empty inside and couldn't figure it out. And she basically, you know, I sent a phone, cried with her. She sent a phone me for an hour and a half, bro. And she basically was like, look, I'm going to see you in Jacksonville, Florida. We'll get you help. I'm like, all right. So two days later, bro, I go to Jacksonville for 45 days, turn my phone in, turn my no TV, bro, no phone, bro, like in a room, kind of like county. Maybe I've been a county or not, but kind of like county, bro. Like you go in there, bro, it's, I mean, it's better than county, but it's like, man, knock on your door, they bring you the food, you know, and that's it. Like open the door, get the food, go back in the room. Like it's, it's real for that. That was the first 10 days of my detox. After that, I was there and all that. Uh, you know, I was able to see my mentor one on one. I was able to fellowship the other inpatients that was in there. I was able to eat good, you know, was eating good, drinking water again, and you know, working out again, getting my mind and my body right. You know, I was going to meetings at night. Like it was, it was cool. It ended up becoming cool. But I started writing a lot. I started reading a lot of book, Rep Nancy Hustle book, Rep Fifty Cent book. You know, Muhammad Ali's book. I read all these books. And I just really getting back to me for real, bro. When I got out, I came straight to Houston. So right now I'm in Houston. I came straight out here. My daughter moved out here two years ago. And I was telling you, that was my first baby. So, you know, I was telling you, bro, I did everything. She basically got me to the league. Like, I did it. I was in my car, bro, thinking about her every single day. And so I came out here to be with her. I owe her the most time that I've missed because she's the oldest. She's 13 now. And so I'm out here with her. And, uh, you know, my life became manageable again, bro. Like I'm able to, I'm able to be in my kids' life, able to provide for them. You know, I'm working now. I might go back and play again in the XFL or the USFL. All these leagues coming up. You know, Canada reached out to me again. Uh, I got a chance to coach probably back in Hawaii. Hopefully, you know, finish up school in Hawaii. Um, I got a chance to personal train at this place called Texas Fit, where pro and college players go train at. I'd be able to train them and mentor them. And you know, got a got a book coming out, a children's book coming out called Dream and Believe. You know, and so things have gotten better, bro. In a short period of time, it's only been. I mean, this was just back in November, my sobriety day, 11-11. So this is back, bro. So I missed Thanksgiving, I missed Christmas, and I got out December 26th, the day after Christmas. And I remember telling myself, like, man, this is the best gift that I gave myself in this Christmas. And now I'm able to give back to my people for real, how 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 I want to. You know, and my body and my mind right, bro. But I'm ninety, I'm ninety-three days today sober, bro. And it's, it's 
If you would have called me three months ago, bro, this would have been a thing of liquor. This would have been vodka in here, tequila in here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a vape pen right here, but that would have been a blunt. Right. I would have been on here bullshitting y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would have been not even handling for real, just mumbling, bro, and not really locked in for real. Or I probably wouldn't even have, I don't know, I probably would have blew it off. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like just, just not being here for real, bro. That's what I've been just, just avoided the whole thing and all. Like, you've been on some slimy stuff, you know, like so. In that short period of time, bro, in three months, bro, this is all the things that I've gained. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And my life has became manageable, bro. And you know, they say that they say that you take you with you no matter where you go when it's bad, but you also take you with you when things are good too, you know? And I've been taking me with me everywhere I go, bro. Like, so that's why I decided to reach out and wanted to get the word out, you know, because I was at a point, bro, where I probably could have died. And so when I came, I'm like, man, this ain't me to get sober. This ain't for me to just get like, detox real quick and be able to pass a drug test or to, or to miss a, you know, to get through, a, uh, get through the judge, you know? So I ain't gotta go to jail or something. Nah, bro, this is life or death. Like, this is life or death, bro. Like, I used to wake up, bro, and pick cocaine in my nose. Yeah. Hey, every day, all day. You know what I'm saying? Every day, bro. Like, come on, every day. Wake up, though, doing it. It's my six in the morning, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, it's on one before I get in the shower, after the shower, before I go dry, bro. I need a line real quick. Let me get on. Like tripping, bro. Like damn, you know. And some people could do that and, and be manageable, bro. I can't, cause I'm gonna go to the extreme. We wanna get lit, bro. We going. We gonna take it to the max every single day. <laughs> you know, every single day, bro. And I, I knew that's not how I wanted to live, bro. I wasn't taking care of my responsibilities, bro. I wasn't being a man I wanted to be. My face started at dark circles under my eyes, and I'm like, nah, this ain't it, bro. Like, this ain't it. Like, I had dreads that was falling out, bro. Like, nah, this ain't it. Like, yeah. I, not coming from where I came from. Ain't no way in hell I come from being up here to down here, bro. But I'm doing fuck every day. Nah, ain't no way. So I made that decision, man. And and, and it got that bad, bro, where I, for real, for real, I could have died. And I don't even tell you about it. I could with y'all for real, but like, bro, I could have died, bro. I, yeah. I, I probably would, if I would have kept that lifestyle up for these past three months that I got healthy, bro, I probably wouldn't be here right now, bro. I probably would have overdosed. Bro, so, you know, so for me, bro, it's like three months, you know what I'm saying, that I'm in this bro, and I, and I, and I'm getting all these things. Like, my oldest son, bro, he FaceTimed me just to sit in the phone with me. Just to sit in the phone with me, bro. Like, he don't even want nothing. He just, he just, Call me and sit on the phone. He plays video game. I just sit on the phone with him. I'm doing my work. I just just be just be there with him. Just chill right. with him. And that's dope to me. You know what I'm saying? Like my daughter, she out here, so I see her, pick her up. I got something dope planned for for Valentine's Day. You know, and here's here's a here, here's a cold story that I also don't share with nobody. So her, so when I'm on my BS and out in the streets and doing my thing and avoiding my responsibilities and all that, my daughter had a had, lived with her uncle. Yeah. Her grandma and her uncle, her mom was out here back home. So her favorite uncle. And uh, her uncle is basically, they call him Uncle Dad. He basically like the dad. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He did way more than what I did in that in that period of time when I was doing my doing my bullshit. And uh bro, he ended up getting killed, bro. He ended up getting shot and killed back home. So Damn. this was just this was just about two weeks ago, three weeks yeah. ago that this happened. So 
imagine if I'm still on my drugs and out here in these streets and her uncle died, bro. Who she yeah. ain't got nobody. Right. She wouldn't have nobody. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. it was so when that happened, I'm like, bro, God, I hear you now, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm with I'm with you. I know I'm supposed to be here. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I'm able to go comfort her. You know, the other day, man, she called me and she was like, oh, it's my uncle's birthday. I'm feeling sad. I'm just like talking. I said, okay, you want to bring some food? She's like, no, I don't want nothing. I said, you okay? She's like, no. And I just pulled up. I gave her a favorite little apple beads. So I got her some apple beads, bro, and a cake and ice cream, man, and pulled up on her without her even knowing, bro, and to see her smile on her face. You know what I'm saying? Again, and ate that food right my face before I even left. And ate the food right there, ate the cake right there, and we chopped it up. You know what I'm saying? Gave her a hug and kiss and told her I'll be back. Like, to me, that's dope, bro. Like, to be able to do that, man. Now, mind you, bro, if I wasn't here, I wouldn't even call her phone because I would have been sad as she said if I would have got drunk or high. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, let me get high first so that I can call her. You know what I'm saying? Let me get drunk first so I can call her, deal with the pain that I'm going to hear from her. But I would have got too drunk and high or I wouldn't even call her. And she would have felt that emptiness that damn, dad don't even care for real. So yeah. be able to be present, bro, and to be able to talk to her about some real life issues, man, and, and chop it up. She asked me, I come black man, I always kill other black men. Hmm. You man, like she 13 year old girl, bro. I asked me like my uncle just got killed. And I said, man, it's about the music and the influence that we got. And I come way back from slavery. Yeah. You know, we gotta change we gotta change the narrative, man, and, and get out of that stigma of that every time even I do it, every time I see a black dude, bro, it's always like it's always tense. You know what I'm saying? It's always like funk almost. Like, you know, it's always like, what's up, nigga? Like, it's always some type of funk. Yeah. Like, man, I gotta stop doing that, bro. Like, we gotta sit together, bro. So I was trying to explain to her how that was and how we gotta just change it. And, you know, but to be able to chop it up with her about that consciously, you know what I'm saying? And actually be here and give her some game and, and, and show her through my examples. Like, you know, I changed my life around too. You know, and so to me, it's just like, man, this is what I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing, bro. And I know there's people out there, bro, who got the similar story of not better, of not worse, but they just need that extra person to say, man, it's cool, bro. You good. You're not alone, bro. And there's help out there because if I ain't make that, if, bro, if I ain't reach out and say I need help, even though I thought it was an office phone and I didn't expect them to reply back, bro, if she never, she could have seen that message, bro, and said, like, okay, I'll call you tomorrow. Man, tomorrow probably would have been too late. Right. Yeah. Late, bro. She called me right there and sat on the phone with me for an hour and a half, bro. While I put in my stories and cried about it and hopped on that flight, bro. And 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 now I'm today able to give back, bro. And life became manageable. Like I feel good with who I am. I could lick myself in the mirror, but I used to brush my teeth in the shower because I didn't want to see myself in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? I throw circles under my eyes. Like I ain't like how it looked. You know what I'm saying? My hair was like falling out, bro. Like I just knew I wasn't living. I could look myself in the eyes. I knew I wasn't living right. And, and today, bro, I feel great who I am, who I'm becoming, bro. And, and things, all these blessings have been coming, but I'm actually here to be able to receive them, bro. So, you know, in a nutshell, bro, that's pretty much what my life has become, you know, from going from up here, dealing with some things down here, you know, come back up, basically a roller coaster ride, but then going all the way down from the drugs and alcohol, bro, to now working. Back up that rabbit hole and seeing the light, bro. I'm man, I'm I'm nothing short of blessed, bro, from where I'm at right now. So, yes, sir. Yeah, man. Uh, one, I want to congratulate you on your sobriety. You said uh, 90, 96 days, was it? I think I'm at 94. I got to check my book. Congrats, congrats on that, man. Yeah, appreciate it.
And I, and I appreciate you, you know, sharing your story because like you said, there's other stories like it, you know, but you know, somebody hears this story, you know, maybe they can turn their life around too. Right. right so I appreciate you coming on here and sharing that with us. All love. Yeah. You know. All love. Yeah, um, I got you oh, you want to go ahead? Go ahead, Ken. Okay. I now I just got a few questions, you know. I'm gonna start off with one. Um so when you're talking about you feel out of love with the game, do you think that all came from your injury? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's a great man. I love that you asked that question, bro. Cause think about it like this. Think about all the things that we was doing before COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, we had a chance to sit down for a long time. And then yeah. when, oh, it ain't the same. That's kind of how yeah. the end. Like you got a chance to sit down and still get paid, but now you can be at home and do it. And then when you come back, it's like, it ain't really the same. Like, yeah. I'll stride, you know. And I lost, I lost the, uh, the, the, like, passion for it and the love for it after an injury because I wasn't the same player. And so, me not being the same player, I'm not doing as good. And I didn't like that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't like that. Like, man, I can't move how I want. Like, now I'm, I'm out here trying too hard. You know, I'm not really on and doing my thing for I'm out here just like, just like, I'm just trying to stay healthy. You know? But the game wasn't fun. I couldn't react how I wanted to. And, and like, to me, the game was like poetry, bro. Like, it was just dope to me. But now it's like, it was like work. It was like work, was like a chore. You know, and so, you know, as I say, man, do something that you love doing, it would never feel like work. But I didn't love doing it, so every day felt like work. Yeah. You know, like people say, man, going to the league is hard work. It is, but if you love it how I love it, it wasn't hard for me because it was fun still. I was like a big kid out there, but now I couldn't be a big kid because I'm, I'm not healthy. So now I was like, bro, this is actually hard, real hard. Yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So, yeah, I stopped loving it, bro. That's a great question, though. Yeah, your story, your story is like a true, like prime example of like resiliency. Like you, you playing at a JUCO, you know what I mean? Then going to Hawaii, doing your thing. You know, you enter the draft, you think you're going third day, you go second day. You know what I mean? And you, you play for the Packers. You have you know breakout season with the Packers. You know injuries hit you, you down, but you you get right back up. You go to the CFL, start doing your thing. You know, then you went through your your addiction. You down. But you get back up, you know what I mean? Now you're doing your thing, you're living a healthy life. So that's true resiliency, man. I, you know, I like to see it, bro. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. That's one thing that I always, you know, I always, I'm always going to get up. That's for sure. I'm always going to get up, man. That's for sure. That's how I've always been, you know. And and I, I just trying to figure out how not to get so down no more. Yeah. You know, yeah. It up ain't going to be as much of a climb as it was this one. This was the hardest that I felt, so I'm climbing as much as I got to climb to get back up, but I know I ain't going back. And like you said, us as as black men, you know, we got to do more to start uplifting each other. So, you know, any way the community can help help out, you know, we got to do that for each other. Absolutely, man. We all we got. Right. We all yeah. we got. You know, a lot of people don't want to see us be successful, and, and, and other blacks included, you know. So the ones who really empowering each other, man, we got to stick together, bro, because, you know, ain't many of us out here who trying to do the right thing, you know. And, and, and circumstances kind of dictate that, too. And I get it. I was that same dude with the person in my hand in the streets. Yeah. I get it. I get what it's like to be hungry, bro. But, you know, there is other ways and outlets, and we got to just get the message out more to the next generation. Because they're the ones who going to influence and impact this whole thing. 
right. uh, do you have any like uh advice to give these next up and coming athletes or even just these kids in general you know yeah man so just to stay like you know people say like man keep it real or like man you ain't real man man being real is taking care of your people yeah you know and being real is is, is 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 taking the stairs up to the top and grinding for what you want bro like that to me that's that's what real mean bro you got kids take care of your kids bro that's real you know what i'm saying like man if you going to school bro if you in school and you got and, and you playing you playing ball bro and you gotta you gotta pass certain classes to play ball man what didn't like, come on, bro. Like, man, pass some classes. Like, do what you're supposed to be doing, bro, because in the end, it's all going to pay off much greater than it's going to be finished going into the streets and taking a shortcut. You know, yeah. that's what you know, really like doing the things you know you're supposed to be doing because it's harder to do that. It's harder to stay down, bro. It's hard to go to that 9 to 5 every day rather than go out there and move this brick. It's hard, bro. Yeah. But that's why it's more real because it's harder to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to just say, man, I'm gonna lay out and die. Man, that's easy to do, but it's hard to get up and keep fighting, bro. So you more real when you get up and keep fighting every day. All right, all right. Yeah, man, good message, man, good message. Hey, uh, Alex, yeah. man, we appreciate it. Uh, Kev, you got something else? Right. Yeah, I got, I got some more questions. I ain't done, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Packer I know, fan, I know. man. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> you know, but uh, I know you, you know, playing in the league and of course, everybody got their role models and such. So, who was somebody that you, you know, wanted to be like or try to pattern your game after of in the uh, game? Oh uh, man, I liked uh, I liked Barry Sanders growing up. And I, I think we we had we had moved to this house when I was younger, and they left some stuff in the basement, and there was a crate with a uh, with a with a with a folder about this thick in it, and it had all Barry Sanders rookie cards in it. And I don't know if that's when I started liking him. I think it was, but I started watching him more, I think, because of that. And I had got his shoes and all that. But I remember watching Barry Sanders, bro. And that dude, man, he, looking back now that I'm older, I'm like, man, that dude had no offensive line. Yeah. He had a terrible quarterback. I mean, Charlie Bash was cool, but he had a terrible quarterback. You know, he making things. He making dudes look crazy out there, bro. He yeah. making stupid by himself. He making yeah. 10 dudes go fall down. You know what I'm saying? And then he would get the ball to the refs. And then just go back to the bench and go do it again the next time you're gonna feel like he wasn't even flashy or nothing like he was just a smooth running back and so that's my best friend that passed away his favorite number two was 20. you know so we kind of grew up wearing number 20 and and so i ended up wearing number 20 in green bay you know ironically you know but uh yeah i watched i grew up uh watching barry man i grew up watching barry is there is there a running back in the league that, that catches your eye now that you like man that's yeah. there yeah, man. Uh, what's your boy, man? I mean, Saquon, he a dog. Yeah. Who, uh, Nixon? Was that Mixon or Nixon? Oh, oh Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, he a dog. Nick Chubb, you know, he was, he was one of the dudes. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, yeah. he just moved with it, you know. Uh, let me see, let me see. You know, Aaron Jones in Green Bay. You know, he, he versatile. He can run, catch, and block. Uh, even A.J. Dillon, you know, like, you know, Green Bay. Uh, who else they got, man? That's pretty much that kind of come. Oh, they got homeboy in, uh, what's homeboy name in Detroit? They got a, a backup. Oh, and uh, they got a backup running back for uh, in Detroit and somewhere else. Uh, I forgot the team, bro. 
uh, for the Cowboys. Who behind? Uh, yeah. Who, who behind Elliot? Uh, um, homeboy, nice. He's gonna get paid next game too. But man, he he. I feel like up. I feel like he played outplayed Elliot a little bit too. Yes, yeah. he did every yeah. game. He, any do kickoff returns. Yeah, you know, and like he a dog, bro. But he yeah he he do he probably the main one that come on because he a backup too. Mm-hmm. You know, he he not he not he not that big and he don't go down easy and he just versatile. You know, so. He probably the main one. For, I forgot his name, though, bro. But he probably the main one. That you you played with the Packers in that 2011 season. Yep. Uh, that was the Super Bowl year, if I'm correct. No, no, no. They no? won in 2010. Oh, so you just got there right after? Got there right after. Oh, okay, so okay. It was a lockout year, so they didn't do the uh, Super Bowl activities yet because the lockout came. So when I when the lifted, I was able to go to the White House. I went to the White House in middle Obama. I went to a little, little parade. I was a part of that. I got all the gifts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got everything. You know, so I still celebrate out, you know, like I went. How, how, I was, how was that meeting Obama? Yeah. That was dope, bro. Obama yeah. like us. Yeah. Obama <laughs> cool. Man. He, he cracking jokes, you know, he's smooth with it. You know, he ain't all like uptight. He walked into the White House, little parts of it. You know, uh, he's climbing somebody's suit on the team. <laughs> you know, like, he's just cool. <laughs> I'm always solid. Yeah, that's cool. When you yeah. um, when you were on the team with uh, Green Bay, what was it like playing with uh, Aaron? It was cool, man. So, I played with Aaron Rodgers' little brother, Jordan Rodgers, at my Juco. Mm. So, I already had a little taste of what to expect. They're kind of the same. But... When you get there, everybody like, hey, you meet A-Rod yet? You see A-Rod? Like, yeah. Oh, uh, he give me that look. You know, give me the look. I'm like, nah, you know, this one play where I dropped a pass in practice. And he gave me this look. You know, he wanted to give me that look. Give me that look. But he, he's such a perfectionist that if you're not a perfectionist, bro, you're not going to mess with him. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, because... He gonna take it as you being like lazy or that you're not taking the game serious. Like he, for instance, he be walking to uh, we'll be walking to the to the uh to the lunch table, and he got the iPad out watching film. Walking to the lunchroom, you know, put the iPad right there while he eating, watching film. Like there's no like relax time for him, you know. And he just had everybody on eggshells, bro. He just had everybody kind of like just uptight on eggshells, but he also had everybody prepared to win. He a winner. He want to win, you know? And so, like anybody who took their job serious, man, if you don't really mesh with that, you know, then it's not going to work. But if you on that, on that same type of time where you want to win and you take your job serious and I eat, sleep, breathe, and poop football, bro, then you're going to be good with him. You know, he was, he was cool. Because I knew his little brother, so he was cool with me. But you know, he could be a dick sometimes. You know, but I think he gotta be to be a MVP quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, sorry. I got one last, one last thing. Uh, so, was this is is there somebody in the league when you played that you were like, I don't want to say starstruck, but you were like, hey, that's really them. Yeah, bro. I mean, there was a few of them. <laughs> there was a few of them. I mean, when I get there, bro, I'm meeting Aaron Rodgers, you know, Charles Woodson. Yeah, Clay Matthews right here next to me in my, by my locker. Uh, you know, Jordy Nelson. You know. But when I got to the Jets, they brought in Mike Vick. Bro, yeah. I, damn, bro, this is Mike Vick. <laughs> That's the hood legend right there. 
feel me? Like, it's like, I remember doing a slant pass in practice. And uh, I caught his pass like this. And I remember I walked back like, bro, he got hands. And I'm like, bro, Mike Baker said I got hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm done, <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Like, you know, I, I got a picture of him giving a handoff in a preseason game against the Bengals. You know, and I got a picture with him. Like, you know, we, the locker room, we chop it up, you know. And uh, I, remember, I remember working out with him in the offseason at the facility. And uh, I just like, bro, I'm a fan of you, bro. Like, I played 07 Madden with you, bro. I need your autograph. Yeah. Bro, like, I was a real fan, you know, for real. Like, this is Mike Vick, bro. Like, you feel me? Like, I was tripping out with that one. Anybody else, I was like, okay, that's dope. That is him and him and him. But Mike Vick, bro, I was like, really like a kid. Yeah. Yeah, man. Air Reed, too. He the legend, bro. Like, just meeting them dudes, man. You know, even Chris Johnson. You know, sharing the same, sharing the same uh, meeting room with Chris Johnson, bro. Like, it's just dope. You know, just to pick his brain and chop it up with him and go to clubs with him. And, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, just pick it, bro. It life. Real. You like life more in Wisconsin or in in New York over there? Life was better in New York, like yeah. outside. It was popping in New York. Yeah. Where, like, the clubs everywhere, like, you know, like, it's a big city. You can go have fun. That was more popping, you know, uh, just a lifestyle, you know, just so much to do. And then you, and you in a big apple, so it's popping anyway, yeah. you know. But football and career wise, it was solid in Green Bay, you know, it's expensive. You know, the city's small, so there ain't much to do. So you got nothing to do but to focus on football. Yeah. You know, and you can kind of get away with a little bit more. You get in trouble in New York, the media going to be all over you. You know, you can't really get in trouble in New York, so you got to be kind of smooth. But it was smooth out there, though, bro. I ain't going to lie. I think I like it, but I ended up loving it. All right, Alex. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, D-Relief Fitness? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's basically dream and belief put together into one word called your leave and so if you see up top got the your leave in the middle is a 15 and i wear a 15 on my chain too but that's like my number for real that uh that's what i wore when i went back let me see the 15 i got it on but that's the number that i wore when i went back to canada and uh got the ag 15 up top but so that's like my number for real. But that's what I wear them at the Canada, and that's like my comeback. Never give up, you know, stay resilient. You know, like when you get your opportunity, you know, you take full advantage of it. Like that was my comeback year slash number. So that's the 15 in my silhouette in the middle of my first touchdown. Um, but it's basically, man, it just, for, you know, for the young ones out there, man, to, to when you got a dream on a vision, man, to believe in all your heart that it can come that it can come true, you know, and to manifest it, you know, and to put it into action. You know, it's one thing to have a dream, but, you know, faith without work is there, so you got to believe it. You know, you got to put it into action, bro, and you got to put the work in. But for me, you know, like like I said back when I was like a little kid, bro, I just had a dream. You know, I just want to play ball. You know, I want to be something that nobody really thought I could be. You know, sometimes I even doubted myself, but I really had that dream inside, bro. And and I really believed it. You know, at a certain point, I started believing, like, man, I can really do this. You know, and so I put the work in, I stayed down, bro. So that's what it, that's really what it represents, man. It's called your leave. And so, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm pushing right now, man. Keep the dream alive and believe you can do it. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, man. 
Man, Alex, man, we, like I said, man, we appreciate you coming by, sharing your story with us, being our first major guest on this podcast, man. It means a lot to us. That's uh, all love, man. I appreciate y'all, man. I'm gonna give a big shout out to Legit Podcast. I got something good going. We appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Where can the people find you at? Man, you can find me on IG and Twitter. Twitter is a underscore green twenty. Uh, IG is a underscore green fifteen underscore. That's what's up. All right, you heard the man. Go ahead and go over there, follow him on IG and on Twitter. You know, I'll put the link to the uh, Relieve Fitness uh, page also in the link. I'll put the link in the description down below. You know, so. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. All love. We appreciate it. Uh, We got to have you back on sometime, you know. I don't know if you're a big Hoops fan. Man, when this book dropped, the book should drop by the end of this month, if not early next month. We're trying to get off of Black History because we got three black authors on it. But if it don't drop this month, next month, but when it drops, I'm definitely going to come on and chop it up with y'all about that for sure. Oh, yeah, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, any, yeah, any, sure, anytime, anytime, man. Anytime. All right, for sure, brother. All love. Appreciate right, it, man. man. All right. That was Alex Green, everybody. I appreciate him for stopping by. Sharing yep. story with us, man. What that's inspirational, bro. I mean, it's uh, his story can help a lot of people. That I think that's what he's gonna do. A lot of people don't understand like how hard it is to make it to the league. You know what I mean? And then once you're in the league, it's like it gets even tougher because all that pressure that's put yeah. on you. And then and, and you heard you heard how he you know he battled his addiction and. He made it through that, so that's 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 what's up, man. I'll get more inspiration on that. Big man, that was that was great. I yeah. hope I hope this I hope this story reaches uh somebody who may you know be struggling with something similar or even the exact same type of situation. And hopefully his story can uh motivate you or, or you know get you to turn the other way and get positive. Yeah, man. Major black guests on this Black History Month. I yeah. Like it. Like it. No. White people don't be afraid to, to <laughs> you know. You know? <laughs> you're a part of it, but you're not a part of it. You know what I mean? Right. You know. Love to see it though. We love to see it. All right, Kev, you know, uh, we're nearing the end of this podcast. Um, you got a question of the day for the people? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep it a simple one. Uh, question of the day. What was your first hustle? Because <laughs> 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 uh, when you, as soon as you said it, like, the flashback came. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, first my first hustle was selling... I know I think a lot of people have this first hustle, especially black people. My first hustle was selling candy. That was my first hustle. Like like, like those little league players do? No, like like in school. Like I would, oh. I would I would go to the store or whenever my mom would go to the store and get the like big bag of like like the variety candies. Yeah. You know? And depending on the size of the candy and what kind of candy it was, I go back to school and sell it for like twenty five cent, fifty cent, you know, you know, 
little, little side hustle. It never amounted to nothing, you know. I mean, and it ended pretty quickly once the teachers, <laughs> niggas, slinging candy like dope. Right. <laughs> and so that was that's my first hustle I can ever remember. I did some other stuff growing up. I was a tutor. Yeah. Tutor Rio, Tutor, tutoring is funny because I remember like being so into it, yeah. and then like two weeks later, I was like, "Man, these kids, you know." <laughs> <laughs> what you was tutoring? What subject? Uh, was it math? Math. I think it was math. Mm-hmm. I was good at math, man. You know, these days, not so much. <laughs> not so much, but you know, that's my first lesson. I can remember. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think my, I just, I want to say same thing, but it's more like the chocolate, like the the fundraiser bars. Yeah, I remember those too. You know, it's funny those fundraiser bars. Like, I don't know if y'all school did this, but they forced it onto me. Yeah, and it was like, if you don't get sell these amount, then, you know what I'm saying, you gotta... So here's my thinking, like, you gave a kid a box full of candy. It was $2 a a bar. I remember that. Wait, y'all got the, um, the bar kind, like the the non-off-brand bars? No, it had a... It it came with a little suitcase. Right, was it, what, what, it was just like the... Certain yeah. company that made a like caramel and chocolate and yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so when I was in school <laughs> we had it was like Reese's and Hershey's and stuff like that oh. Snickers y'all niggas had brands so you sent a kid home with a box of name brand candy bro what do you expect was gonna happen and then you talking about oh if you don't sell it just bring it back I'm gonna bring you the suitcase back that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna bring with you no this. money. That was nothing. So like, yeah, we was eating that. But like, my you know, my, my my people's looked out for me. So if I ate candy or they ate the candy, they my mom would put the money back and stuff like that. Quick two dollars, you know. I was like, man, that's crazy. I expect kids to just you supposed to like ask a kid, do you want to sell this candy? I mean, and then you you can't expect kids in the hood to sell candy. Right. It was how it worked. It was crazy. But in that uh the comment section, what was y'all first hustle, man? Yeah, man. You know, I don't say nothing crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I was slinging dope out here in these streets. Real, real one all day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, buddy. (laughs) At at six, you were doing this at six. (laughs) Nigga was on the nigga was on the corner at six years old. With a onesie. It's crazy. <laughs> but dang. Yeah. I, you know, I find it crazy that he was like, man, it was like walking on eggshells when A-Rod was around. You know what I mean? It was like, A-Rod seems I mean, so like fun having, you know what I mean? But I guess he, he took his craft seriously. We know this because we see how great of a quarterback he is. But. And this, this is coming off of his first ring. So this is after the Super Bowl no year so you know he probably was locked in like yeah we, I want to run it back you know but yeah 
I think I think but I do I like the part of he lived a a dream that I'm sure every black kid wanted to live. Man. You catch a pass from Vic and he said you got hands. I'm telling you. You got you don't gotta say nothing to me no more. That's 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 the equivalent of AI passing you a lob and you dunking. It's like it's like I can go back to the sideline. Somebody, you know, I could just have a bad play. And be like, man, real, you gotta get your head in the game. I'm like, well, Vic said I got hands, so <laughs> whatever you say is invalid. <laughs> you know who I am. <laughs> go ask Vic. <laughs> well, go on. <laughs> Vic knows me. <laughs> Vic knows me. <laughs> 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 oh man that is like that's, that's a lot from AI oh my god can you imagine if I were to make it to the league and AI assisted me on the bucket bro dude I'd lose yeah, it bro fire, I'd go to the bench and cry that's fire that's he for him to meet two two of my favorite players that ever play in the NFL and Vic and uh, CJ that's crazy. That's a heck, that's one heck of a life, man. You know. Shout crazy. out Alex Green, man. Yeah, shout out to Alex for real. And we will have him back on in the future. You know, like he's, yeah. he got some upcoming things going on for himself. So I'd love to see him back playing too, man. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Or even coaching, you know. Yeah. Man. Wow. I know it's been a while. I know we've been gone for a minute. Well, you know. We were setting this up, so you know, I'm glad we, yeah. we were able to make this happen. Um, Black you know, History Month for Black Ooh. History Month, man. We're not done. Legit's not done making Black History. Right. No, another part of history we've made is we are now streaming on all podcast platforms. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see it down below. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and RSS.com. Shout out to RSS for making that happen. Um, yeah, so you know, not you don't you no longer have to go to YouTube and see our pretty faces. You can <laughs> go on these platforms and listen to our beautiful voice. Right. And I, you know, said it, it would happen, and it happened. Happening. You know what I mean? It's only the beginning. Only up from here. You know what I mean? And we'll leave y'all with that. So like always, you know, leave a like, subscribe to the channel if you're new. You know, feel free to comment in the comment section down below. Check out the links in the description down below. I also have the link to uh, Relieve Fitness and Alex's social platform. So y'all can go ahead and shoot him a follow. You know? And with that, I guess we're out of here. See y'all in the next episode. Remember, if it ain't us... It ain't legit. It ain't legit.